Um, hey, today is Pentecost Sunday. So some of you, that means something to you. Some of you, you don't know what in the world that means. Uh, but today is Pentecost Sunday. So I want to talk a little bit about what that means. Not only is this Pentecost Sunday, but this is the year of Jubilee. Some of you, you don't know what in the world that means. Some of you don't care what it means. Uh, some of you would love to know what it means. Uh, and so we'll talk a little bit about that over the next few weeks as well. I want to talk about a season of Jubilee. Uh, and a season of favor uh, a little bit, but today I want to kind of launch in uh, by talking uh, a little bit about Pentecost Sunday and what Pentecost Sunday is and, and what it's about and how we, how we got uh, to Pentecost Sunday. And then uh, at the end of the service, uh, if I can control myself, I want to leave a few minutes to open the front and just welcome you to come forward and embrace of the ministry of the Holy Spirit on your heart, in your heart, uh, on your life. Amen? So just uh, thinking a little bit about Pentecost Sunday, I want to set the stage uh, for what Pentecost Sunday means. And the word Pentecost, it came from the Greek rendering of the translation of the Septuagint, which is something big you don't really need to know that much about at the moment. But uh, the word Pentecost comes from the word in the Greek 50. It comes from 50. Everybody say 50. And so what 50 days was, uh, what, what 50 represented was uh, the 50 days, and this is really, so now the New Testament folks, the New Testament believers are reaching into the First Testament understanding that then they've been born out of. And the First Testament, the Old Testament, uh, that First Testament talked about the fulfillment of everything that God had in mind for people. And it talked about the fulfillment of what God had in mind for the non-Jewish people as well. Not just the Jewish people, but for the non-Jewish people and how God wanted to pour out His Spirit on not just a few, but God wanted to pour out His Spirit Wherein, through the Spirit, when the Spirit's poured out, then we have access to sonship, we have access to restoration, we have access to the goodness of God, the mind of God, uh, the, 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 uh, in, the indwelling self-control that keeps us from running our car off the road and doing really stupid stuff, you know. And so all at once, great things are happening on the inside when the Spirit is poured out upon us. Still got a really bad ring. Don't know what it is, but it's ringing good. Um, don't you love sound troubles? Really, we have very few sound troubles. We're so blessed in the sound arena. So, uh, you know, just, and these guys uh, work hard, and they just do such a great job. Thank you to Michael and Jeremy this morning. Hallelujah. So I want to go back a little bit and give us some, uh, I want to go back a little bit, and that's why I say self-control is going to be tough, and then talking fast. You wonder why I talk fast. I feel so sorry for the translators of the uh, Spanish ministry, uh, because um, Joel and I typically talk so blasted fast uh, that it's hard, but it's because we get up here and we've only got 30 minutes left, and we've got to put, uh, f- uh, fit a 10-page sermon into 30 minutes. And it's like, what in the, how's that going to happen? It's just not going to happen. Just, ah. 
so we got to go back though. We got to go back to Genesis 12, right? In Genesis 12, Abram is called out of Ur of the Chaldees and he's called by God. And uh, his name is changed to Abraham as the consonant of God's name is added to his name. And he's marked by God and he says, through you will all people be blessed. And out of Abraham, the father of faith, then he begins to bring forth a people. And then we see Abraham, Isaac, we see Jacob. And Jacob becomes the catalyst of the promise. And his name is changed to Israel uh, from conniver and trickster and deceiver uh, to prince with God. God touches him and he walks with a limp and he's humbled before God, but he becomes a mighty prince in the earth. And we see God wants to pour out his goodness on these people now that he's set apart and called by his own name and these people that he's, that he's drawing near to himself. And he had given a promise that they would have a particular land, a giant land of real estate that he called like the land of Eden. And so God declares this land over them. And he says to Abram, lift up your eyes as far as you can see. That's the land I'm giving you. But then when it comes to Isaac and Jacob, we see that Jacob is living in that land or this beautiful land and uh, this land that God had promised them. But a famine comes and so Joseph leads the way. They go down to Egypt. They're in Egypt 430 years. God ordains that they're provided for in Egypt. Uh, But when 430 years come, uh, fast forward, we find that a pharaoh arises who doesn't know Joseph and puts them into slavery. Everybody with me? You still here? We doing okay? All right, so they're put into slavery. So God, they begin to cry out to God, and this is the exodus, right? Exodus, this is why our... This is why our signs, when you're leaving the building, say exit. Remember that. God was leading them out. Exodus. God was leading them out of bondage. So they came under this, this grueling bondage down in Egypt, uh, under a pharaoh that didn't know them and who was being influenced by the demonic realm to destroy them and to keep them from their destiny. And the seed of the deliverance for all mankind was within Israel, within the Jewish people. And so Satan is working to try to destroy the Jewish people because the seed of deliverance and salvation for the whole earth is within their womb. And so they're afflicted and they have trouble, but they begin to cry out to God. And so God speaks to a running minister out on the backside of Midian. And God begins to speak to this running guy named Moses. And he speaks through a burning fire and calls him to come and to deliver them. And so that's the book of Exodus. And so he comes to be a deliverer, right? And so what happens is there's ten plagues that come upon Egypt because the Pharaoh will not let them go. And the last plague is the plague wherein the firstborn throughout all of Egypt will die except in the homes where the blood of a perfect lamb has been put over the doorpost of the home, right? Do you remember this? And so this is the exodus And this becomes the tradition of the Passover. So that night on the 14th of Nisan, everybody say Nisan. There's only one S. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's certainly not the lineage of a Datsun. This is not a Japanese 
thing. This is a Jewish thing. Nisan. There's only one S. Very similar otherwise. But it's one of the months of the Hebrew calendar. And so they were to begin to count on the first of Nisan. And they were to count to the tenth. And on the tenth they would choose the lamb. And on the fourteenth they would sacrifice the lamb or they would slay the lamb and then on the evening at twilight of the 14th they would put the blood over the doorpost and on the lintel of their homes and at midnight that night then the death angel went throughout the land and when this happened then finally Pharaoh said I'll let you go bondage the deliverance from bondage comes and came through the sacrifice of a perfect lamb. Everything that was happening was a picture in the First Testament. Not only did it truly happen, but it was a picture of what we've entered into, what we experience, what we partake of. And, and so that's why Passover is important to us today because Jesus was the fulfillment of that Passover. Jesus is the ultimate Passover lamb. That when we apply the blood of Jesus, the perfect lamb who was sacrificed in our place, when we apply his blood to the doorpost and the lintel of our heart, then we too escape from death and we escape from bondage and we're brought out of bondage and were brought into an exodus into out of bondage and into our promised land, the land that God has promised us, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. You didn't shout right there. I, we got three nods and a yes. And this, must, this must be a quiet church. I don't know what it is. I, I, hello, somebody. I mean, this is good stuff. Yes? And so this, this began what is called the spring feast. This began what God marked out in Exodus chapter 12. He marked it out in Leviticus 23, in Deuteronomy 26. He marks these things out for the Jewish people, the Israelite people, those that are of the lineage of Abraham, also the lineage of Jacob who became Israel, whose name was changed as well then these become extremely important feasts for them to keep, and they're still important for us today because Jesus fulfilled them, because they still have relevance. They are a picture of what we've entered into. So this is cool stuff, right? So we've got, we've got the Passover. This takes place, and by the way, so will be scriptural, and somebody will say they read the Bible. Might be important. Um, yes. Um, we'll read out of uh, Exodus 12 for a moment. Exodus 12. Uh, now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation. I'm starting at verse 1, by the way. Verse 1 of chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, follow on the screens. If you have a Bible, uh, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. 
speak to the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month they are to take one lamb for themselves according to their father's households, a lamb for each household. Now if the household is too small for a lamb, then he is his neighbor near to his house, are to take one according to the number of persons in them, according to what each man shall eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male a year old. There's so much metaphor here. I wanted to pause and stop. Do you remember when Jesus said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood? He was referring, all of these things are pictures. He was referring back. He was trying to say, I'm the lamb. Someday you're going to figure out I'm the lamb. Not only did you sacrifice the lamb, but you ate of the lamb. You're going to have to eat of me. You're going to have to partake of me fully. When you partake of me fully, it's going to transform your life. So this is part of what was happening, is that he was showing them metaphoric pictures that that came to pass. Isn't that cool? No? Yes. Yes, it's cool. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You will take it from the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th of the same month. Then the whole assembly of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the true doorposts and the lintel of the houses which they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh of the same night, roasted with the fire. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, etc., etc. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. I'm going to continue with the story. So we see this was the inauguration of the Passover. This also marked the month of Nisan as the beginning of the year. We also see that this was the beginning of the next feast. The next feast is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, of which they were to partake of no leaven for seven days. So this inaugurated another feast. Leaven represented sin. Uh, the absence of leaven, they didn't have time for the bread to rise. They were to dress that evening to leave. You ever done that? We used to do that. You're telling me you can't make it to church on time? When our kids were small, we dressed them for church Saturday night and put them in bed in their church clothing. Don't give us any excuses about why you can't make it to church. Get your butt out of bed and do something with your body, would you please? Okay, so anyway... This is what they did. They were going to be in a rush because at one moment the Pharaoh was going to say, you can leave, I will let you go. And when he said, you can leave, they were to get on their little donkeys and they were to move it. And they, there was no time to change from jammies. There was no time for bread to rise. They were to move. They were to boogie scoot and get out of town. Okay, And so... Uh, this also began the inauguration of a third of a third feast because we know that he also instructed them that there would be a third feast to recognize, and that would be on Sunday. So we've got the Passover, we've got the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then on Sunday would be the Feast of First Fruits. And they would, they would celebrate the first of these fruits on that third day when they came into the land by grabbing the first barley that was ripened, the first barley that had been ripened by the third day, and they would grab that, and it would be the sign of more fruit to come, and it would be the feast of first fruits, and it would mean something great is on the way. And from that day on, they were to count, they were to count seven weeks, that'd be seven sevens, and on the morrow after seven weeks, that would be again, so on the morrow after seven weeks of the 
feast of first fruits, but it'd be the morrow after the Sabbath, which would be the 50th day, then they were to have this great celebration because the harvest had come in. The harvest had come in. This was the feast of Shavat. This was the feast of weeks. This was leading up to that 50th day. It was called the counting of the Omer. And what they were doing is they were actually looking over the wheat harvest, not the barley. They brought in the first of the barley because that's the one that was ready. But then they were looking over the wheat harvest. And as the wheat harvest would ripen, they would notice that the wheat harvest was ripening. And by the 50th day, they would have a fullness of harvest out of the wheat. And they would be counting the omer, counting the weeks. And this would be called the Feast of Weeks. This would be the outing of the omer. This would be Shavat, the Feast of Shavat. It would happen on the 50th day, and so for us it became known in the Gentile world with Greek translators as the day of Pentecost. This is what Luke was talking about when he writes in the book of Acts, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. That's how he starts the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. For those of us that are Gentile and we're like spirit-filled and we love the Lord, we're, we, just like, we just read that. We don't know what in the world that's all related to. Here's what it was related to. It was related to the ripening of a harvest until the harvest had fully come. The ripening of a harvest until harvest had fully come, and the harvest would fully come. There would be an explosive harvest, a recognition of the harvest, a celebration and a feast of the harvest by the 50th day on the, on the morrow after the Sabbath. So they count seven weeks. That's 49 days on the morrow after that Sabbath. That's on a Sunday. They would recognize there would be a fullness of harvest. Isn't that cool? That's on the 50th day. They would have this giant celebration, okay? You know what else happened on the 50th day? There are two things that happened on the 50th day that make this day super, super significant and show the glory of God and the outpouring of God upon his people. Remember, we've got to go all the way back to like Genesis 12 where it says all people are going to be blessed through you. And God's intention ultimately is that all of the Gentiles come to know him, that all receive the Spirit. Yes, and Joel talks about it in chapter 2. Joel looks forward. He says there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day. There's coming a day where God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, on the Gentile people too, and the sons and the daughters, even the girls. Wow. Oh, those goofy girls, they don't deserve the spirit. Okay, let's give it to them as well. Everybody's going to receive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. They're going to have an anointing of power upon them just as the priests and the prophets and the princes of Israel did. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. This is Joel writing in chapter 2. And he says they're even going to prophesy. And there's going to be signs and wonders as God does this. 
And so this is what, this is what God's looking forward to. This is what's happening. But, but to give you a picture of this other thing that happened, we have to look at what happened with the timing. See, they left Egypt and they left in a big rush. As soon as they got out of town, a cloud of fire met them like a giant Google map and it started leading them out uh, in the right direction. And so they're just following this pillar of fire and they're making their way in haste out of town as fast as they can go. And this pillar of fire was like so cool that it was like having a giant LED street light. They weren't tripping. They could see each other. Everything was groovy, cool. Probably wasn't even too chilly. A little bit of fire going on, you know. I mean, this was a cool thing, right? And so it leads them out. And it leads them out, and it's leading them to Sinai, where God will give them his word, where God will give them his Torah, where God will dwell with them, where God will come upon them in a new and a fresh way. Because remember, they really don't know God all that well. All they've got is a 430-year-old memory, and all they've got is they've been crying out to Jehovah, this one that they've heard about. They don't have a priestly system. They don't have a sacrificial system. This is the first lamb they've crucified or put to death in a long time. They don't know much of anything. And so they're leading, they're being led out, and God wants to meet with them at a mount. And at this mount, he wants to meet with them, and he wants to pour out his spirit upon them that they might become a nation of priests and that the whole nation will become anointed and saturated and sanctified by him. It's a really cool thing, right? Guess how long it took them to get out there, and guess what day he gave them his word. They got out there, and, and they got right around that mountain called Sinai, and they got out there, and they got positioned to receive the word, and all of that got set up, and then God was going to come visit them, and he was going to come down with lightning and thunder. I mean, this is, this is like God. It's, it's, I think God can't help himself. When he shows up, it's like, are you, this is God. This is God. Hello? I mean, this is God. It's like, I think I'm going to show him I'm coming. No, 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 no. It's, it's like accidental. I mean, like, when he, comes, when he comes in power, it's like, woo. I mean, this is his manifest glory coming on Mount Sinai. And so he's going to meet them there. And you know what happened as he began? And all the people come to the mountain. And they were told, they were told, don't touch the mountain. Be careful. God's coming. Don't touch the mountain. And it says even fire was coming down on the mountain. Fire. Everybody say fire. Does that sound like anything you've ever heard of before? Like when the day of Pentecost was fully come? Guess when all of this happened? The giving of the law happened on the 50th day. It is said that these tablets were like sapphire. This was the giving. It wasn't just the giving, by the way, of the Ten Commandments. 
Moses went up into the mount to meet with God, and it wasn't just the giving of the Ten Commandments. It was the giving of the Torah. It was the giving of God's Word. It was the Ruah of God breathed to Moses that he might carry God's Word to the people. But what's crazy about it is that as the people came near, like they started freaking out, and they started getting nervous, and they were like, this is too much for us. This is too close for us. You go, you go and be our representative for us. And so what happened is where God intended to like baptize all of the people with a fiery presence of glory, the people said no, and only Moses got to taste of the glory. Sound like something else? Fact is, does that sound like an experience maybe some of us have had? Like God wants to baptize you with fire and with glory, and you're like, no, that's too scary for me. Anybody ever done the Frady Cast thing? Okay, don't admit it. It's your, we're in church. Play cool. Like, look at somebody else. So God goes up on the mount, and the Torah, the Word of God, the breath of God, the declaration for His people is given on the 50th day. So it's interesting for us, when we look at Acts chapter 2, we say the church was started on the day of Pentecost. Guess what else was started? Many really see and believe this was when the Jewish people really got their start. Yes, there was relationship before that, but that which set the foundation for the Jewish people, the breath of God, the Torah, the word of God came to the Jewish people on the 50th day, which we call the day of Pentecost. So you have to, so then, now we fast forward, right? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, can I read to you a verse? Um, let, me see, let me see if I can find it. Um, this is such cool stuff. Oh, I wish I had all day to talk to you. You want to stay all day? Okay. Exodus 19.18, now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked violently. When the sound of trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder. I mean, this was a cool experience. This was a crazy thing. I mean, you know, you don't really, I mean... God wants you to draw near to him, not run away. This is a day, a season, an hour to run, run, run near to God. Don't run away, amen? And so here's what we see. We see these cool things like these, like these fulfillments, these crazy like replica fulfillments happening. Did I say like too many times? Honey? Yeah. Oh, we see like these cool fulfillments like happening, like... I mean, these crazy things, like, wow, happening over in the book of Acts, okay? So let's go, let's go over to the book of Acts, okay? Let's go to the book of Acts. Now, here's, here's, here's Jesus. He is, uh, he is sacrificed on Passover. He is unleavened. He's without sin. He is raised from the dead on the feast of first fruits. Sunday morning, he's raised from the dead. 
on the Feast of First Fruits, and he's declared in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, to be, to be the firstborn from the dead, the symbol of the first fruits. Guess who the harvest is? We start counting the omers. You're the harvest. And then what happens is, he's resurrected. Then he shows himself to the disciples for 40 days. There's parallels all through this. We don't have time for all these parallels. But after 40 days, he ascends. And, and he tells them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the, promised, what the Father promised. And on the 50th day... You ever wondered why fire came down on those people? On the 50th day, the Holy Spirit descends from heaven with a rushing, a violent, a mighty wind and fire in the atmosphere and on their heads fills the room when on the 50th day. The same day that symbolized the harvest has come. The same day that symbolized the Torah, the presence of God on all people, the giving of his word, and the creating of a people that are anointed and know their God. You can be calm in an atmosphere like this. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to pinch yourself and make sure you're still alive. I mean, this is like the coolest stuff ever. Isn't this amazing? Acts chapter... uh, I was going to read something here, but... How come I... What did I do? Oh, there it is. Hallelujah. Okay, we're almost through. Uh, I want the band to come. I want the singers to come. Acts chapter 2, 1, when the day of Pentecost had come. What was the day of Pentecost? It's the day of 50. We miss it in the Greek. We miss it as Gentiles if we don't see. This was the day of harvest. When the day of harvest had fully come. When the day of the Torah had fully come. When the day of God's breath had fully come. When the day where the people wouldn't run from him, but they would... Embrace him. When when the day of fire on the mountain had fully come. When the day of visitation from God had fully come. They were all together. There were 120 of them. In one place and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the house where they were setting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves. And they rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance or ability. And there were Jews living in Jerusalem or in Jerusalem at that time, devout men from every nation under the heaven. Why? Why did God, uh, you just, you know, God did everything so perfectly. Because, see, this was Passover season, and the Passover started 50 days earlier, and the Passover doesn't find its culmination until the Omer is counted, until the, the, the day of Shavat, 50 days later, the Feast of Weeks, 
And so they all were hanging in town. They came from 70 nations. Jewish people, Israelites that, had, that were living all over the world from 70 nations. They came to celebrate Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Weeks. They were all hanging out in town. And all at once, they hear this crazy noise. And they come near, and there's flames on the people. And then they hear them all speaking languages, languages that they speak back in my home nation. These were bilingual people. They all, sp- they all spoke the language of Jerusalem, and they all spoke something else. They spoke, they were, from, they were Medes, and they were Persians. They were from all over the world. And so they're hearing this language, and they're looking at these people, and not only that, but they act like they're drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Godly people near the temple aren't usually drunk. Speaking in languages that I don't recognize except from home with flames of fire on their head. Something's up. This was a sign and a wonder. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that part of the relevance and the importance of the stammering tongues and the languages that were given that day was to be a sign and a wonder for the harvest. It was for the harvest. Because when they heard this thing going on and they heard them prophesying and glorifying God in languages they had never learned but God was giving them, then their hearts were opened to to Peter's preaching. And Peter stood up and preached a great sermon about Jesus and about the outpouring of the Spirit and about the fulfillment of what they were witnessing. And 3,000 of them. Does that sound like a harvest? Does that sound like, does that sound like a festival? 3,000 of them committed their lives to be followers of Jesus, recognizing Him as the Yeshua HaMashiach, the fulfillment, recognizing Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Messiah. It was an awesome time. They were amazed and they were astonished. They said, These Galileans, how is it we hear them speaking in our own language from where we've come? And we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they continued with amazement and perplexity saying to one another, what does this mean? And others started mocking, saying, they're full of sweet wine. But Peter stood up and raised his voice and said, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day, but this is the fulfillment of what Joel said. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. You see, the Feast of Weeks, Shabbat, this Pentecost Sunday was a fulfillment of what God intended. God wanted to anoint. God wanted to bless. God wanted to covenant. God wanted friendship. God wanted power and miracles. God wanted the prophetic vision to see what you cannot see. He wanted all of that to come on every single person. He wanted all of that to come on every single person. You qualify for it as well. Amen? Let's stand this morning.
We're a little early. You know what that means? We're a little early. That means you've got a couple moments to come forward. I want you that are, that are desirous in your heart. Desirous in your heart of the fullness of the Spirit. The outpouring of the Spirit. Maybe you're with us this morning. You've never given your life to the Lord. You're new in, in everything that we're talking about. Maybe you're with us this morning. You're away from God. Maybe you're with us this morning. You've never... You've never in your own understanding welcomed the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your life. Maybe you've even seen, there's some of us maybe here today, you've seen it with others and you're like, oh boy, that's a little that's a little out there. I'm a little scared about that stuff. I'll take a little salvation, but I'm not sure about I'm not sure about some of that anointing or power but the Holy Spirit is welcoming you he's welcoming you as he did with a people 50 days after Passover he's welcoming you as a people as he did 50 days after the lamb was sacrificed for us and he says would you let me you know Isaiah said something in Isaiah 55 taste and see that the Lord is good would you take a risk in God all across the auditorium just begin to come I want you to line up all across the front that you would pursue him just come just come all across the front we're going to close with this song that is so appropriate and this is just you pressing in to the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday this is you pressing in to a fullness in him a fullness of his spirit a fullness of his touch a fullness of his ministry to you a fullness of visitation. And this is just you saying before Him, I'm not going to run from the mountain. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run from the fire. I'm not going to run from Your presence. I actually want Your presence. I actually want You to visit me. I actually want Your anointing on my life. I actually want a great outpouring of Your Holy Spirit. And we're coming in celebration of Pentecost today. In celebration of the giving of the Torah. The giving of the Word of God. The presence of God. The fire of God. And you know what he would say? It wasn't by accident that he came down on that mountain with fire. He would say, I want to baptize you with fire. Would you let me baptize you with fire? Would you let me be a fire in your bosom, a fire in your belly, a fire in your life? Would you let me be a fire that ignites, that ignites my goodness within? Come on, as we worship, just welcome Him. Welcome Him. Just say, baptize me. Visit me. Anoint me. Fully fill me. Fully fill me. I welcome you in my life. I welcome you in my life. I welcome you in my life. Welcome all that is you. I welcome all that is you. I welcome your fire. I welcome your gifts. I welcome your outpouring. Welcome your presence.
life-changing grace of the Spirit I welcome. See, Jesus is recreating these moments of visitation. Wherever we yearn for Him, wherever we yearn for Him, then the Holy Spirit recreates. The Holy Spirit recreates. You and him, it's you and him, it's you and him, it's you and him, it's you and him. Let him know, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I welcome your presence. I welcome your fullness. I welcome your baptism of fire. I welcome a visitation of fire in my life. The fire represents power. The fire represents cleansing. The fire represents presence. It's a crazy fire. It's God's fire. It burns, but it doesn't consume. It only consumes that which is flesh. Everything left that isn't flesh, the fire empowers. The fire empowers. The fire makes richer that which isn't flesh. So we welcome you, God. 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 Welcoming, 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 Jesus. We want more of you, more of your fulfillment, more of your ministry. More of what you've declared. More of what you've made available. More of your outpouring, Jesus. More of your goodness. More of your nature. More of your nature. More of your nature. More of all that is you. More of your transformation. More of your glory. We don't run from your glory. We run to your glory. We say yes to you. 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 Oh.